0: Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H dot Hey, everyone. Welcome to this show. I'm super stoked to have Steve. Is it Eckert? Did I say it right?
1: Yes, Eckert.
0: Oh, nailed it the first time. You are a U.S. Marine entrepreneur and instructor of the project. You do so much for human beings, just the way that you think, move and act. You're strategic, you're smart, but you use the tools that you've been taught when you were in the military. So please welcome Steve Eckert. Hello, Steve.
1: Thank you for that introduction. I'll pay you the five bucks later for saying all those things, especially smart. That's one of the S words I've never been called before.
0: Really? That's okay. It's because you're a Marine, but we'll fix that. Here we go. You ready?
1: let's do it. Let's roll.
0: Okay. So listen, I found out about you through a mutual friend, and I guess I would like to call him your work husband at this point, because you and Ray Cash are together all of the time, it seems like. Yes. I don't it, know yeah, if that's me, by design. It drives
1: me crazy. Yes, we are. We do a lot. Of, we have, we're have. we in about several different businesses together, different uh, companies that we, we run together and programs we do together. So yeah, it's been awesome.
0: It's it's nice to see because the community really is, it seems like the veteran community is starting to thrive in a big way on um, an entrepreneur standpoint. And from the standpoint of people just taking accountability after these wars are dying down. And that's such a beautiful thing to see as being a vet as well. And I'm sure you know, it, it's so easy to have veterans go down this slippery slope. And it looks like you've taken it and you've flipped it on its head. I want to talk a little bit about how you got the project going, what was the concept behind it, and why you felt that like we needed as a society?
1: Yeah, awesome. Good question. So there's five of us project instructors and two of us are veterans, also a SWAT officer, martial artist, also a VP of a nutrition company, and uh, Bedros, who's a massive empire builder, CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. And it started really as a a side project. That's why it's called the project. We all have full-time jobs. We all still do have full-time jobs and the project is now the full-time side project that we do. And we put more time into that sometimes we do in our own jobs because we love it more. And sometimes you hate the regular shit you have to do. So it's become our our passion project. It was just kind of taken over. But if I had to say, there's probably two reasons why we started. And first of all, all five of us come from pretty pretty fucked up childhoods, I could say. Am I allowed to say it on here? Pretty fucked up. Pretty do, you fucked up, do you see the sign oh yeah awesome i need to get one yeah. of those
0: it's fair i'll send you one
1: i have one behind me that says a client gave it to me it what just says fucking fuck fuck fuckity fuck
0: i have mugs like that that's how many people buy me them that's yeah. a problem for me
1: i keep that one below the camera so it's not always on there but yeah
0: right so <laughs> we realized
1: that what we, were, what we were connecting on, and we knew each other from just different areas in business and, and connecting and, and coaches and stuff like that. But where we connected was, wow, we had really shitty childhoods. This is what we're talking about, comparing almost battle scars of whose childhood is worse, who had a worse male role model as men. And then we become grownups and we let that shit still affect us without even realizing it. You end up being this Big man, you could just even even being in the military, even then you go to go through the military, you get out, and it's still affecting you from a childhood because you didn't necessarily ever deal with that or go through anything to to overcome that or learn how to use it as a superpower instead of letting it be a a crutch or a a a ceiling holding you back. Right. So we realize we, we want to put something together that the five of us can just combine our forces on. And I say all the time, we're like a a mix of like the Three Stooges and the Avengers. And that's what we've created in the project. And it's really to, for, for men who po- probably didn't have any positive male role models, who had some screwed up childhoods and really need a circle of just hungry, successful, motivated, kick-ass men of fire to be surrounded by on a regular basis. And that's, that's kind of the, the camaraderie and community we created with the project.
0: What I really love about the project and when I watch it, when I see all the videos that kind of come out from it and I paid attention ever since I got to know what the project was, I paid attention. There's, you know, there's a lot of people who before, I believe it was Bert, Bert Kuntz and a few guys that ran that show called The Selection. And I remember sitting down and watching that and going, we need that in our world. Why don't we have more of an idea of that? And then showing people how to overcome things because it feels like people have gotten, for lack of a better example, very soft. And, I, and I, I have no issue saying that the world is being tested right now for the first time and we're really finding out who can't handle it. And so to see the project come out and, and have the success it's had, but also have these people. I mean, Ray and I talked openly about this. It's not cheap to participate. You got to want to be better. You got to want to do better. You got to want to do better for your family, for your life, for your finances, for your fitness, all of your four Fs. The the way that you guys structure things is a really, really effective way by the sounds of it. How do you pick these people? How do they come to you? What's the deal? Explain it, could
1: So yeah, sure. So we get hundreds of expressions of interest and, and applications on a weekly basis, hundreds of them.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: what people don't realize is that once you graduate the project, or if you graduate the project, and that's a big fucking if. That's, if
0: I was going to say, that's a big fucking if, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's a, about a 40% dropout rate, and that's quitting. Grown men literally walking in front of their peers, doing the walk of shame and ringing a bell three times saying, I quit, I don't want to be a better husband, I don't want to be a better father, a better leader, oh. a better man. I'll just continue being mediocre, fucking average, and a soft little bitch is what I'll continue doing. So that's what they decide 40% of the men, which is horrible, but that's the way it is. But we don't want those people in our tribe, really. I don't want, I don't want a quitter in my tribe. I don't want the weak right. in the tribe. We'll protect you. You go back to your weak little mediocre life, and we'll do the, you know, we'll take it from here. We'll take the axe and, and we'll go build and, and hunt for you. So really, when it when it comes down to it. Ray and I actually are not only the main instructors of the project that deliver the, the punishments and the torture and the lessons <laughs> during the project. We also run the full onboarding program once someone does get registered and we run an onboarding program for them. In addition to that, we also do all the signups for it because I want to be on the front lines. I want to be like, no, you, you, we don't you, we don't want you as part of this brotherhood. So we're kind of the barrier of entry. We could easily hire a, a sales company to come mm-hmm. and do this, but someone that's never been through the program, never been in the military, doesn't really know what we're looking for. Not part of the brotherhood themselves. That just wouldn't work. So we want it. We want to we actually want to do it ourselves and fucking love it. So I just, oh I just God. got off a call right before we, we were here about a, a gentleman who's looking to get in on a short time in August, which is just a few months away and just having those discussions and having those breakthroughs. Like I could do that all day with people and, and being, being able to have that, you know, deciding factor about, is this person a good fit for what we're looking for in the brotherhood? Because we do have a brotherhood that goes on a lifelong brotherhood of just the, these men that stay connected, hold each other accountable. And it's a camaraderie. Really, people don't believe me. It's a camaraderie like I didn't even have in the Marine Corps. And, it, and it's crazy, but it is a different level. And this little thing on my yeah. hand is what proves that, which I, I was always against tattoos, said I'll never get a tattoo. I was in the Marine Corps, started several businesses, had kids, All that stuff. Never got a tattoo. After the very first class of the project, seeing the impact and the transformation it had in these men's lives and changed their lives and even fucking saved their lives and saved their marriages, mm-hmm. saved their careers, all the instructors went and got this right on the top of our hands so we could see it no matter what we're wearing. That's my first tattoo at 41 years old. And then from there, added some other. It's,
0: it's, other it's, it starts and once it starts it never stops yeah, it's see. everywhere it it happens that that i'm i'm sorry i got a little emotional there because i i know the i know the value of that camaraderie right i know i know what that's like i know how rare that is to get how hard it is to get i didn't get it when i was in right i mm. got it when i got out and i know the value that can bring to someone's life and so when you talk about it like you know I'm not for tattoos. I would never do something like that. And then you, you go and you have one weekend, your first weekend, and it impacts you that severely, that significantly that you're willing to tattoo something on your body. That, that says everything to me, honestly, because there are groups of people within these, these that you have that they're just not going to cut it. And that's you know, that's on them. That's okay. You may not have been raised with the tools and the mindset to be able to overcome the shit kicking that you guys are going to give them. But when you say the torture and the shit kicking, all I hear is fun, 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 fun for me. That sounds amazing. And I was thinking about this when I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to, how am I going to talk to you about this? Because I think there's two ways to look at this. Number one, you're, you're making better men, which needs to happen just period simple as that. It's obvious. It's been obvious for a long time that it's needed to happen. So thank you number 1 for holding people accountable. That's impressive. Number 2, are you ever and I know this is probably not. You ever going to throw a women's group in there at one point?
1: Here's the thing. We get asked all the time about do a women's group? Can I you make an exception and have a woman join it and listen, I can and I have a son and a daughter and
0: I know you do which by the way just tossing it out there your mom your, your your wife fucking smoke show your kids i want my son to be like your kids when i see those photos those family photos that you guys have that you post and that just solid oh my god that's impressive well done sir well fucking Thank done
1: appreciate it we just did a, p- a picture on fourth of july with all of us holding guns and you should see some oh i comments. saw some of these weak, soft men and, and mess I got about how my kids are going right. to end up being murderers. They're going to shoot up their school, school. now. Like <laughs> fucking yeah. pathetic. Like they're putting that in a comment, like because they have guns. So maybe instead I should bring them to fucking McDonald's and let them, mm-hmm. and just ignore them. And you know-
0: Shove it in their face and sit on your phone and yeah, shove like it in the, the face. Average, You're a better average, parent.
1: Average man, the average parent, that's probably how I should be. You know, rather than let them have guns, that's a horrible thing. Guns are fucking evil. Manhood is evil. Masculinity is evil. It's all evil.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't
1: even remember the original question was. What I was
0: going to say was, yeah, what I was going to say was, I want to know uh, women.
1: Oh, right. So here's the thing. I have a son and a daughter. Of course, in the project, if I could say one statement of what the project is about to, to summarize the entire thing, it's, it's to, have a, to be a role model to society, but specifically to be the type of man that one day your son would want to become and the type right. of man that one day your daughter would want to marry oh, if man. you let her out of the house, which I probably won't. So I don't have to worry about that part, but that's besides the facts, a whole nother episode we could talk about,
0: oh, but it's happening.
1: It's, <laughs> it's yeah. to teach them how to my son to be the man he wants to be. And for my daughter to know what type of man she wants to marry. I can't teach. I really can't teach my daughter how to be a woman. I'm not really an expert on being a woman. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be a better man every fucking day, but we really don't have the, the tools and the capabilities to tell women, okay, this is how you're going to be a better woman, especially not mixing the group because we get real deep and real personal. And it's really for men to have a group of other men. It's a men's group intentionally. It's right. And and, and we get messages on that. Also, we get hate on everything. No matter what you fucking do, you'll get hate on it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saying that it's, it's 2021. How can you have something just for men these days? Like easily, you don't like easily like, (laughs) Yeah, I,
0: I think I don't think there needs to be I I don't think that there needs to be groups where they're they're together at all. I'd be curious to see to run female groups through on their own. And I fucking want to be there, but I want to be the shit kicker because it's different when you're getting yelled at by a woman mm-hmm. who's done it and knows that you can compete. And if you don't do it, it's even better to have another woman who's half your size Just make you feel like a bag of shit for not being able to do push-ups or not being able to do sit-ups. I'd be curious because listen, you know, men, men have it. It's different right now for men, right? There's so many things you could say and everybody wants to walk this tightrope. At the end of the day, men are soft right now and you're fixing that problem. But there's plenty of women that are as soft as fucking clay and they need help. And they mm-hmm. need serious help on how to be a better mother, to have better faith, to have better fitness, to pass that on to her kids, to have a better family, be a better mother, be another wife, be a better business owner, whatever it is. I just curious, I, if you ever run that program, holler at me. I will volunteer my time for that shit because I think what you're doing is fucking brilliant. And I think it needs, everybody needs to be run through a program like this right now. Just, it's, it's simple. You guys are doing the right things when it comes to these groups and you make it to the end. Cause I've seen Ray in the car, you know, he'll do his lives. I've seen you guys go into these events. You're all in suit and ties after what happens once this group really graduates and makes it through, what's it look like?
1: Yeah, good question. So first of all, what you see in the suits, that's an actual graduation dinner ceremony that we have on the final, after the final day, after the project is secured for those few brave souls that make it through to the end and aren't little bitches and don't ring the bell. (laughs) So that, that ceremony right there, that alone is one of the reasons why I got this tattoo. Just seeing these men walk through the door of the graduation dinner ceremony, all cleaned up in their ties with a different, their head is up, their chest is out, their shoulders are backing down a little different, a little different uh, pep in their step, a little different trajectory on life. They're fucking reborn as men. They've, they've buried that, inner bitch they bury that soft that fear (laughs) that doubt that uncertainty they fucking bury it out in the field literally they will go bury themselves in during the project one of the we do and (laughs) to see them walk in as this new man and the hear what the the stories they will tell us about when they got back to their hotel room afterwards before the dinner the conversations they had with their wives and their kids like the immediate impact where their wives are sending where have you been for the last 20 years? This is who I've been looking for for 20 years. Hallelujah,
0: brother. That is what I'm talking about.
1: And in 75 hours, their wife is already feeling that over the phone. Like imagine when he gets home, what's going to happen? They're going to need rape. 75 hours of some other shit going on, but
0: rape, she's going to rape him. <laughs>
1: that's, that's what I'm talking she's about. going
0: to happen. That's, but Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes accountability needs to happen. And if the, the person who goes into the programs can just hold it together, it's, it's not a long period of time. It's really not. It's, it's, it's what three, three whole days. Is it three whole yeah, days? Tuesday, of Tuesday
1: afternoon till Friday evening. So yeah, okay. 75 hours.
0: You're not asking for a lot here. Yep. So what's the other, so what I see is you, you drown them, you bury them, you shit kick them, and then you guys in between these you have these conversations are they individual conversations or are they group style conversations what am i looking at here
1: yeah so there'll be a flow of it's going to be the most intense crazy physical training even even really worse than people say how close is this to marine corps boot camp to being as intense or as hard obviously marine corps boot camp is longer so just the length makes it harder but if you just take a 3 day right. block this is much harder and much more intense because we're not a government agency. We're not run by the government telling us we have to follow the fucking Geneva convention or some shit. Like we are a privately owned company. So we have our own way of doing shit to, to get the effect that we're looking for. So there's no political correctness. It's it's like my three days of like freedom that I get to be who the the freak that I am and the shackles are taken off. And it's like, we're going to do, what we have to do to make this man either, Continue being a quitter in life, or to unleash the fucking beast. So that that's that's the way the the intensity side works. But the way it looks afterwards is we have connections. Literally, there's now been over two years since the first class, and we have regular, weekly, sometimes even daily connections and interactions with the graduates because we expect them. Just like in the Marine Corps, you have to earn the title Mm -hmm. of Marine every day. We tell them they have to earn the title of being a modern day knight every fucking day. And we will hold you accountable to that. Like they can't even get a tattoo until six months after they graduate to make sure that yeah. they're going to be following because the work just starts since they graduate. It just starts.
0: Yeah, solidify the change.
1: Yeah, so those three days is broken down of intense physical training. Then their break from that would be maybe classroom where we're going over how to t- how to have that work-life balance, if you want to call it. I don't like to use the word balance, but like work-life intention, work-life... right. Uh, uh, Presence. So you're present when you are work, you're present with your family and separating the two, not letting the energies of each bleed into each other. Right. Then we'll go back in and have them fucking bury themselves and, and do some other physical activity. Come back inside and work on some leadership, communication, teamwork, problem solving. Yeah. Sometimes they'll be called upon to be a leader. Sometimes they'll be a follower. Sometimes they have to figure out situations. They're going to be, have to have brutal and direct, candid feedback to another man. Get that, like stand face to face to another fucking man in his yeah. eyes yeah. and give him mm-hmm. feedback. And tell him why you think he fucked up, but then also tell him how he can get better. And believe it or not, that's one of the most uncomfortable and hardest parts of the project when they have to actually have human interaction with another fucking man, because we're used to going on our little keyboard and talking shit about people and their kids and their guns. But yeah. <laughs> if you have seen in person, you probably wouldn't say that. You'd be passive aggressive about no, you're
0: it. You're fucking know. terrifying, Steve. Yeah. No one would say that to your face. You would break them in half. And I think they know that.
1: Or maybe we'll see.
0: Well, I mean, well, if they don't know that, you can go on to Steve's Instagram page and watch the video that they set up where you threw a chair and terrified me. And then I found out that was a setup. Can you, what the fuck happened? What was that? Oh, I didn't
1: what know what you were talking about. I was like that throwing a chair and, and snapping and going crazy. That only narrows it down to about 50% of the. the I know. Day. I
0: apologize. Let me try that again. I think you were doing something called Operation Blacksite. Yes. Is that, yes, yes. Can you explain what the hell that was?
1: So there was a demonstration that we did and we, and it was a, kind of a case study. And it, and it showed us the results of what we were, you know, a, a good lesson, teaching lesson. They needed someone to play the role of the psycho, the crazy, and somehow a unanimous vote. Everyone fucking pointed at me. I don't know what that was all about. That was bullshit. No anyway. Clue. So it was that the, the gentleman that was running the event, Dan Fleischman and his wife, I was going to have a, a, a verbal and then physical altercation with his wife. I'm going to snap. I end up throwing a table or screaming. I'm, I'm physically grabbing her. I'm yoking her up. going to take her out of place. We're arguing over something, but it's loud. It's making a scene. And the point of it was to see how people react because people become spectators nowadays, especially men. Mm-hmm. And what happened is most people just stopped and looked. Some people, what do they do? They forget about going to help or, They get their phones out. You think maybe they're going to call 911. No, 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 no. They want to put it on the fucking Instagram. Yeah. Record it rather than maybe go help the woman that's about to like get, I'm I'm dragging her out of the place. I'm taking her out of the place by myself and to see who's going to step up and do something. Who's going to be the one to have the balls to, you know, nut up and do something about it and overcome that fear and have the courage to do it. And there were a couple that did come running over. So we had men on the sides as buffers that were in the crowd just to make sure no one actually caught through and fucking yeah. shanked me or shot me. Or
0: something. <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah. So there were a, a couple, but a, a very small percentage. The rest sit there, look, move their necks, yep. stand up, pull out the phones. Like that's what happens. There's a video on, on YouTube in, in Disneyland. It's a, it's a pretty old video. And it's right in a busy time, right in a busy intersection in the middle of fucking Disneyland. And this big dude starts arguing with this girl and he actually punches her, starts slapping her, dragging her around the street by her hair, and then punches some other guy, hits some other girl. One of the girls was like pregnant or had a baby stroller. And this is going on for like, I don't even know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. And you see around him hundreds of people sitting around in a big circle, like it's a schoolyard fight, just watching, watching this big dude smacking these women around right in the middle of fucking Disneyland And everyone's there, and and a lot of them just have their cameras out recording, no one doing a damn thing about it. So it was kind of a a case study on that to see how people react to those situations. And then, of course, we had uh, Michael Chandler, who's a UFC uh, MMA champion. Tim Kennedy was there. Ray was there. Matt Schneider, SWAT guy. Uh, Aaron, who is into martial arts. They were the ones that were showing how to respond immediately. Yeah, so... They, the five of them came and fucked me up a little bit, so it was. It, it
0: was, was so awesome. funny, though. I'm sorry. I watched it a few times. I showed my husband. I was like, "Check this out. Watch this." I said, "He's about to get his head fucking smashed." And watch this, because this is before I knew what it was, right? And all I hear you on the guys, is, "Get the fuck off me! Get the fuck off me!" And it's, the guys are just like, "No, I'm gonna put my on your neck. It's fine." And so I watched that, and it was incredibly impressive. I mean, obviously, the guys that responded, I expected. Nothing less because we know of those people, of right? We know of Tim Kennedy. We expect him to respond. We know of Ray. We know of these gentlemen. We expect a response out of them. And frankly, obviously, they knew they were part of it. But if they didn't respond, now that would have been a different conversation. But it was impressive. And it was, I'm not going to lie to you, you're terrifying even when you're joking. So, like, don't, don't yell at me, please, because you scare me a little bit. Um, when you had that incident, what was the response? Because you were at a restaurant, right?
1: It was a, a it was a set up rest outdoor setup at a hotel that we had for the event. So there was table. Yeah, so they
0: knew chairs. they kind of knew you were there. Did you let them know you were about to flip some tables or? How no, no, did no one could... knew. No one knew oh, except a few a
1: few people that were in on it. That was it. And fantastic. the the like kind of security buffers on the side that that knew about it. No, actually, uh, Sean Whalen was there and he sat down yep. with his wife at our table, <laughs> and they were, they didn't know about it. And they got, they, they were talking. So they sat down with their food a little late. And my cue to start it was when Dan Fleischman walked away. Right. The second he walked away, Sean and his wife sat down with their full plates of dinner on the, ta- on the table. So I'm kind of, I wasn't sure if they were in on it or not. So I had to start hinting to him. I took off the salt and pepper shakers or made a glass. Too. We didn't want anyone to get like too too, too badly. Sliced right. Off. Although Michael Chandler got like three cuts on his eye from the incident, boy. but all part of the game. So they sat down and, and, it's fucking funny, Sean Whelan, He, uh, I, uh, we asked him just to pick up his plate off the table. He's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, Why? I just met him. First thing I'm asking him is to take his plate off the table. We just met for the first time. And I'm asking to take his plate off the table. And he did. And him and his wife are now holding their full plates of food. They're like, what? The They're like, this doesn't make any sense. There's something wrong with this guy. <laughs> then his water bottle was still on there. His, his uh, free man water bottle. And or no, Lion's Not Sheet water bottle. And I said, you, you might want to hold your water bottle too. And he looks at me and he must be a sick, twisted individual also, because he somehow picked up on, he said, he whispers, are you about to flip the table? Like, I don't know how he fucking knew that. He was not in on this. He knew nothing about it. And he, I guess he's flipped his fair share of tables in his life That's gonna say. he just knew it was fucking coming. So yeah, he picked it up and, and then we just did the whole thing to see how the crowd would react to it and respond.
0: That was fantastic. I love that he just, there's nothing on this table. I'm holding everything. This table's about to get flipped. I can feel it feel it in my bones he knew he just that's fantastic I love that so much because it was a it was a great way to show what happens when some something goes you know sideways we had a we had a bomb threat on our way back to Canada and uh it was entertaining for me personally to watch civilian people at an airport go into mass panic and go well this is messing up my schedule. I said, you know what else will mess up your schedule? Two missing legs. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the it's the fucking mindset. And this lady, this older lady beside me, she goes, I know I'm very white and privileged. I was like, You're not white and privileged. You just never have been anywhere in the world where we step on things, you fucking blow up. So like when someone says bomb threat, be okay with you not being on the plane. Be okay. Your life will go on. And yeah. so it's this, it's this mindset. That we are just cultivating, and we need to cultivate more with our society and drive so that they continually try to do better instead of sitting there waiting for things to happen to them. And so, again, I I love what you're doing. Let's let's kind of roll into, if you don't mind telling me, why the Marines?
1: So I always thought the Marines were very honorable, and I wanted to serve my country and do my part to society. And that's a bunch of bullshit. It was a judge that told me, "Listen, it's." either one one to three years in in going upstate new york prison or four years in the marine corps it was not he would not allow the air force the navy or the army because they only had at the time two year minimum and he thought it wouldn't be hard enough on me so it was four years in the marine corps or one to three years in in prison so i chose the marine corps my brother was also in the marines ahead of me so yeah it worked out perfect but Okay. That's pretty much the route it took. And, and luckily I did, right? Everything happens a, a certain way for a reason and everything is a lesson learned. And it, it was, it was fucking awesome.
0: I'm glad. Well, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that judge did that. Not to, I'm sure you didn't love it at the time, but I'm, I'm stoked the judge did that because there's a difference, right? Could you imagine, just think for a second, if more judges would give mandatory military time instead of prison terms, you guys would have not 2.3 million people in prison in your state. I mean, in your war country. Because it and is fucking bananas.
1: It used to be that way. It used to like the recruiters used to hang out outside the courthouses. And that's how they found people like me. Oh, really? that, yeah, you just be part of the practice. Like that's how they would recruit, looking for people who are looking to cut a deal. And nowadays, that's all gone away with because even the military, they want to start making fucking soft and all this other stuff, which, yeah. which, is, which is horrible. But yeah, they, they've changed even how, make it a lot harder to get in because they want it to be like a different type of military. But sometimes those are the, those are the kind of people you want you want to go and, and, and teach some discipline to that, that can, can go fight for the country.
0: Well, they need it, right? And so there's this this mindset change. When you go into a prison, you become you become that person. You, you may not have done anything that bad, but now you're in the system with grown men who have done really shitty things and you can't tell me that stuff doesn't wear off. You put them in the military. at least they're getting their shit kicked, but they're they're learning. They're developing. They're becoming better people. They're seeing things and helping others, not because they have to, but because they want to, because it's the right thing to do. It's the change. So let's talk a little bit more about this family of yours. If you're comfortable talking about your family, we don't have to get into detail, but I want to talk about how you raise your family, because clearly it's very obvious based on your social media that you have a different type of way of being a father, a husband, and a leader. So let's talk about this because I think it's really necessary and needed. How, how does your wife feel about this? Cause she's a beast.
1: Yeah, we're all on the same page with it. And the, the kids love it. Like right now they're in, in Poland for three weeks and every day my son calls me and tells me what their workout was. And, and my wife tells me that the he's always saying he has to get his workout in that day. And that's just on his own. No one making him do it. He's on vacation technically. And he's finding a way to get the workout in. We it's his own himself. He'll even create his own workouts. He he makes all his own workouts. So it's, it really comes down to like, yeah, we, we raise, run the family and raise our kids a little different. And because again, different from what? Different from the average, from the normal, the fucked up way that people do shit and don't spend any time with their kids. Like as busy as I am with all these different, different businesses that I'm involved with, I, I'm pretty sure I spend more time with my kids than anyone I know. Like I have a home office, I have a home gym. It, it's, it's freaking awesome. And it all comes down to breaking the cycle breaking the cycle. Like there's a a old story of uh, two twin brothers, one of them is homeless and one of them is a millionaire. They asked the homeless brother, how'd you become homeless? He says, well, my father beat me. He ignored me. He neglected me. He was an alcoholic. He was a crackhead, whatever. That's why I became, how I became homeless. They asked the millionaire, how'd you become the millionaire? He said, well, my father beat me. He was an alcoholic. He was a crackhead. He neglected me. And that's how I became a millionaire. One of them decided to break this fucking cycle of the family while the other one decided to let the cycle repeat itself. And it just comes down to a stubbornness DNA, I think, that makes you break the cycle. Be the one. All right, I'm the one that's going to break the cycle in our whole family line because there's been a whole line of drunks, alcoholics, abuse, neglect for every generation that I've ever heard of in our family tree. And I'm going to be the one mm-hmm. to fucking break the cycle and we're going to do things a different way. So I'm going to give, not just give my kids everything I never had, but I'm going to Teach them shit that no one ever taught me. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna right. teach them so they could learn to do this other crazy thing to fucking think for themselves. It's amazing. Oh wow! People are allowed to think for themselves. Even children can learn to think for themselves. Really? Because in
0: Canada we can't right now.
1: Yeah.
0: So do you want to come up here and, and give Trudeau a kick in the fucking ass for me? Because I think it's necessary. Maybe you know what? Let's run him through your fucking program. He wouldn't. Uh, it, I'm
1: pretty sure that dude will ring the bell in the first two three hours.
0: I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, you're generous. You're generous. (laughs) That guy would barely even walk on the sand, please. But your wife, what does she think of this? How does she feel about this? What does she come from this? Does she come from a military family? This idea, like what's the deal with her?
1: It's the same thing. You come from suffering. She, she never met her father. She met him once, I think in her life. So it's the same thing. And is she going to break the cycle? She comes from a fitness background, not a military background, but Mm-hmm. back then when she was a kid in poland they were it was a communist country still so oh
0: she's polish so that's why you got it makes sense i'm getting it
1: and following. we you call the russian and and it goes come to find out the other day we were at a barbecue and i and they said how is russia or whatever she's like i'm not russian he's like well he calls you the russian i was like no shit she's from poland not russia i thought that shit was all the same good to know i learned something new every day
0: good to but, know. good to know
1: yeah but yeah it comes from the same thing fucked up background, maybe fucked up childhood and, and yep. not perfect childhood and realize, all right, I'm going to do things differently. So now we want to give our kids the experiences that, that I never had. Like I never went on a, right. a family vacation ever in my life. We went on one family vacation. when I was a kid one time it was what? from New York down to the Jersey shore. And at the Jersey shore, you have to pay to go on the beach, like a dollar a 25 to get a little pin on your, on your thing. We have six kids. My brother was in the Marines. So there was five of us. We went oh. there, we got one pass to get on the beach. And it was $1.25. We had five minutes to go on the beach by ourselves. give the pin to the other brother or sister, five minutes each for five of us. We got one ice cream cone that all five of us had to share. And we went home. That was the one vacation I went on in my entire life. Like no fucking joke. That was it. The only time we ever oh. left town, nothing else as a family ever. So I said, all right, I'm going to take my, my son and, and, and daughter. He's 10 now and she's seven. They've been to, I don't even know, 15, 16 different countries now. I said, I'm going to give them the experience that I never had. I'm going to show them the world, let them think on their own, teach them how to think. But that comes with a price though. There's about a 25%, maybe a little less element of men who come through the project Mm -hmm. who are there, not because they had a fucked up childhood. They had too good of a childhood and it made them soft soft and weak. And now that they're in the real world, they have to put on their big boy pants. They don't know how to deal with like basic adversity. So that's a problem because yet their parents thought they were doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. but they almost it's crazy. You almost give your kids a, a good life and you're robbing them of being molested or being abused or beaten. Not yeah. that that's what you want to be, but you know what I mean? Like of course. that yeah. adversity, you're robbing them of that tough life to build their character into who they're going to become as an adult. So they can overcome that, break the cycle and be this awesome fucking human, awesome man. So what we do with our kids is manufactured adversity. I call it manufacturing adversity yeah. where all right, we're going to have this awesome fucking life. We're going to have the pool, and the jacuzzi. You have all that. You're going to earn your toys. You're going to, but they work around the house. They have jobs around the house that they do and they get paid for it. They also, we do hard ass training sessions. When, when we travel, like I used to bring my son, I would cut him out of school for a week at a time. He would come travel with me when I'm doing some speaking or something so we could hang out, spend some time together. I told him you could bring whatever you want. As many toys as you want, you could bring with you. Whatever clothes you want, you're just carrying it all yourself. right. When we get there, you can eat whatever you want. I'll buy you whatever food you want. We'll go to the grocery store, but we're walking to the grocery store about a mile and a half. We're gonna carry everything back and walk it back. So in little ways like that is manufacturing adversity to, to make them mentally tough and have to think for themselves and figure shit out and deal with adversity. Like we do 24 hour challenges, fitness challenges that we do once a month. We did 24 hours worth of push ups, 24 hour bike ride, 24 hours of weightlifting. We do a different one of those every month just to keep that mental toughness sharpness and keep building that mental toughness muscle in us. So they don't become that weak adult who doesn't know how to handle when, Oh my God, someone yelled at me and hurt my feelings. Like my kids are not allowed to curse, but I might have to drop. My, my son tells me, he thinks I say 10,000 to a hundred thousand F bombs a day in the house. I don't think it's that much, but.
0: At least he knows you and respects you enough to not repeat it,
1: but they're not allowed to. And they never would, but they hear it now. They hear this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, they're not going to be in junior high school or in college. And someone's like, Hey, Tyson, you're, you're so fucking stupid. You're an, you're a loser or whatever. He's gonna be like, Ooh, tell okay. me stupid, loser, or whatever. And he'll punch them in the fucking mouth. He'll pick up their teeth in the blood and, and I'll talk it to the principal to about them. it. Big deal. Exactly. Like, so yeah, we manufacture diversity for them. So they don't become soft. We want to give them a great life, but teach them the lessons and, and, and teach them that mental toughness at the same time.
0: How does that, how does that go for school? Because I'm, I'm genuinely asking you because my son's going into kindergarten. Right, My son got a hatchet at four. He's been carrying his own weight and hiking with us. And I remember the first moment I heard the, the self-talk because I, I'm on that kid. I'm fucking on that kid. Mm-hmm. And he, we're, we're doing little hikes. Mommy carry me. I said, I'm not carrying you. You're going to walk. And he goes, it's far. I said, you wanted to go down. You got to go back up. And I remember the moment I was walking behind him and he was three and a half. And I hear you can do it, Bubby. Go, Bubby, go. And I hear him talking to himself. I got this. I got this. I'm like, yes, because I'm like, finally, this kid has got self-talk. He's got drive. He's got motivation. But what I want to know, how do I handle this? When I go into a regular school system that is going to try to make my kid sit and be this Pay attention. Don't wiggle in your seat. Just listen and learn to have no personality, no creativity. How the fuck do I get around this?
1: Is teach them just that like, and, and they come up with it themselves. Like my kids come home and tell me about how their teacher tried. They try to sway their way of thinking about who the president should be, that they wow. should get vaccinations. They should get stuck in their ass with a needle. and Shut all. Shut
0: up. No, they don't.
1: they hint at that stuff, you know, like make it sound like that's the right thing to do. And, and whatever, like little things like that. And even who, who knows, even their sexuality, they'll start hinting towards that, like to go explore probably like they'll make those hints. I know they do. And I see it. And I hear it from also other kids, like older kids and, and, and when it get to school. So it's teaching them just that, like they know they're going there to learn their basic math, their basic reading, learning how to interact with other humans. Cause I didn't, did not know how to interact with humans. I'm still trying to fucking figure that out. I'm a, that's a mess. So they, You're I tell they, they know exactly. They know what they're trying to get out of school. They're not getting yeah. their morals and their esth- ethics and their values out of school. Right. They're not learning life's lessons there. And, and, I, and they know that. I'll tell them that like, they're going to learn that yeah. stuff from me and from my wife and from right. their own decisions. They're going to learn the basics, the shit that I don't have. I, I can't teach them and don't have time to teach them that someone else can teach them better how to do basic math. And right. really my own personal opinion is most of school, you probably after the fifth grade, you pretty much got everything you got out of it. And there's not much more that you're going to, you're going to get if you want to, Unless you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer or something lawyer. like that, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I obviously don't want a brain surgeon who decided to drop out at grade six, but yeah. I also yeah. think that you can learn everything that you need to know and more outside of the traditional school system. So it's interesting to see your take on it because I'm genuinely having a bit of an issue with the idea of him going to a, he's in an outdoor preschool he builds fires and forges and whittles and has cows and chickens and is responsible, has to do that stuff. And I said, buddy, you got to go into school in September. I don't want to. He said, I wouldn't want to either, bro, but we got to do it because I can't teach you trig mommy can barely multiply yeah. don't need it though. Cause we have calculators, fun fact, you'll be all right. But it's this idea that we put these kids into the system. And so when I started seeing, and I, you know, I got introduced to you and I started seeing the way that you live your life and how you are with your kids. I was like, Oh, his kids aren't far off mine. Ooh, he's must got some insight that I don't have here because they've got their head on their shoulders from the outside perspective.
1: It, it's, it's doing exactly what you're doing and coaching them, letting them know, all right, this is just what you have to do. Like my son's even Googled, how young do you have to be for your parents to pull you out of school? And he's like, this is bullshit, but <laughs> it, it, you got to, I don't even know the age. It's like, you got to be like deep into high school or whatever. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, he was nine and he wanted already to come out of school, but because the stuff they're learning there. But I tell them you need to learn these basic things and right. coaching them through it. And then at the same time, teaching them regularly on a daily basis, those life lessons at home so they yeah. can go there and, and then teach them also don't go there and be in a know-it-all because you're thinking on a different level than those other kids. So don't try to always be the right and always prove that everyone wrong. Cause that's just, you know, you know, you know, you need to know, you know, how you need to act, just right. go there and just go through the process. It's just what you have to do. It's just the way it is. And then when well, you the come motions. home. Come home, we take off the shackles and we be our fucking freak selves.
0: I feel like you're uh, you've had a few conversation with some principals and teachers over the past few years. I'm sure that's happened. No, because they
1: and I, I was expecting to. I thought for sure I would be all the time, but right. They it, they they know how to how to, sh- how to shut it off and and put it on. Like they go there and they get their great grades and they play all the sports and they're respectful and answer all the questions, raise their hand a lot, and because that, they, they pretty much know that the reward for that is when you come home. You pretty much, you get your job done. You do your workout. You clean up when you need to clean up. You can do whatever you want. Like they make their own decisions at home. They decide how much video games they're going to play. Did they earn it? Did they do everything they're Mm -hmm. supposed to do? So they have more freedom when they're coming home. Just, all right, go deal with the bullshit over there. Do an awesome job there. Check off those check boxes and come home and we'll get to the real living and the real learning and the real, real lessons
0: right? Like go do your job. This is your job. Go perform. When you come home, that's when the, when, you know, the fun is. And I, I think that's great. I think that's really important because you give these kids a break. You're not shoving it down their throat constantly. They're not just being bombarded on a regular basis where it's affecting their mental health and things like that. That's another thing. I'm assuming your kids don't run social media. They're too young. Am I right?
1: Oh yeah. No, they don't. Yeah
0: no chance in hell, right? Yeah. No, that's, no. that's what I see. Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Let's talk about the four F's. I think it's important. I think it's necessary. I think it's a massive takeaway and value add to society. Do you want to hit me with them?
1: Yeah. So it's as even a, 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 an additional fifth one, but in general, it's the family, fitness, finances, and faith, faith, not necessarily meaning religion. If you have religious faith, that's great. It's going to be a huge asset to you, I guess, if that's what, you, if what you're into, but faith is more belief in yourself, belief in your abilities to figure shit out, belief in your abilities to reach your goals in the other three of the F-bombs, your ultimate dream goals of what you have and the vision you have. That's what I'd say faith is. So it's those four. And then in addition to that, which is completely impossible and unattainable, so you can master the first four, is what everyone's really looking for and in one way or another. And the word that usually people are searching for when they they know they're meant for more, they, they have a decent life, but they don't know what they're missing. It's, it's fulfillment. They're missing Ooh. fulfillment. In one way or the other.
0: I like that. I'm writing it down. I wrote because it down. Because those
1: four are off balance. If those four are off balance, you're gonna be unfulfilled. You could be making shitloads of money, believing yourself like crazy, be in great shape and go to the gym every day and be fucking ripped. But if that's right. at the if that's at the expense of neglecting your family and your kids fucking hate you, that's no fulfillment. That's completely out of balance. That out that one will outweigh the other three. So they need to be, I don't wanna say balanced, but they need to be equally you know, intention equally on all four of them.
0: Right. You need to have an equal amount of effort going into all four. If you're going to make that a whole well-rounded system. Cause like you said, truthfully, you get these people and I know plenty of them. They're like, Oh, I I'm a gym guy. It's what I do. I said, when do you see your kids, bro? And he's like, oh, I, you know, I see them before bed. And I was like, so that's, So that right there just tells you there's no balance. And if if, if you think that's acceptable, that's fine. You want to live your life like that. You want to pass on that intergenerational trauma, hit it, go for it. Because that's the way you're going to go. And that's what I think is so fantastic about what you guys do is you look at the big picture. You don't just go, you need to be harder. You need to be mentally strong. You need to be fitness. You need to be, you know, physically strong. You need to be a protector for your wife and your kids and your whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's break this down. You need to hit all of these marks. If you want to be a good person, Mm -hmm. you want to be a good father. And I think all of those are really important to, to really put out. I want to know a little bit more kind of about you. Cause I know you said you had some trauma and I know that's a, a topic that a lot of people like to steer away from. And we can totally do that. But here on the Brass and Unity show, I like to poke and pry into people's uncomfortable spots because it makes me happy inside. So let's make Steve uncomfortable. So what happened that you can talk about that really, really, you know, you got into a system. You somehow got into the court systems. So what? What? What happened there? Where was the leg? What was the letdown? What drove you to not have what you have now?
1: Got it. Got it. And it, and it won't make me uncomfortable because I, I have this thing called the Eight Mile Theory. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Eight Mile with Eminem. Are you,
0: First off, Eminem is my god. Don't.
1: Okay. There you go. You.
0: You, you may go ahead.
1: <laughs> so the end of the movie, how he ends up winning that rap battle, right? He goes first. <laughs> And he just destroys himself. He talks about everything that everything was fucked up that the other knew the other dude was going to say about him. Now, what what could someone possibly say to you or ever do to you to hurt your feelings if you've already put all that shit out there? So that's That's like the way I like to go about things. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to stamp my freak flag in the fucking ground. And if you don't like it, then fuck off. If you do. All right, cool. We we, we don't have to think about killing each other. So when, when it comes down to it is... And I just told you about the vacation, the, the only yeah. family vacation we had. It was pretty much that the entire life. I was sitting on my on the floor with my son doing Legos. He was about five. And he just completed this Lego with some big Marvel spaceship thing. It was like 4,000 something piece or 3,000 something <laughs> pieces. for like 16 year old and up. And he finished it. I'm like, Tyson, that, that's fucking awesome. And I said it like that. He could never say it. But I said, you're fucking awesome. You did that. I helped him with like a couple little pieces like here and there. But yep. he sat there, did the whole thing. And he says to me, thanks daddy. Who, who taught you how to do Legos? I'm like, well, no one, <laughs> no one taught me how to do it. I don't know. I'm just figuring it out with you. We're just winging this shit together. And then after I said, you're fucking awesome. He's like, did anyone ever tell you you were fucking awesome or did anyone oh ever tell God. you were, he says flipping, he says flipping. <laughs> Flippin and I'm awesome. sitting there and that was the first time I ever told him you're fucking awesome. That was years ago. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know what? No one ever fucking has told me that. And then I made a, a point that day that Every day, I'm going to tell 100 people that they are fucking awesome. And I do that every day. And one way or the other, I'll tell people they're fucking awesome because no one ever did. So we're sitting there and I started thinking about it. And I tell him about this. My son knows all about my childhood that I never once sat on the floor with my father and played Legos or anything. He never threw one ball to me for a catch, not a single time. Never had a single conversation like 19 years of living in the same house, not a conversation. Like, so I was just a ghost, uh, you know, neglected. I w- it's like, People, and I made not a joke about it, but about robbing your kids from that, that trauma or being molested or whatever. It's like, Hey, I'm over here. No one, people got molested or whatever. No one molested me. Like at least then I would know I was not a ghost. Someone would do something weird to me Pay or something
0: attention to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So yeah. that's pretty much what it was like the entire childhood. Like just being alone or being by myself and learning how to take that stuff and turn it into a fucking superpower, learning from a shitty dad how to be an ultimate dad, like studying every single thing that the way our relationship was when I was a kid with my father and just flipping that shit and doing the exact opposite gives me the superpower of being a great dad used to sitting home by myself for hours and days and weeks at a time. And all summer long, just by myself, throwing a ball against the wall gave me the superpower that now when it comes time to it, I'm traveling on a business trip, I'm in Vegas for three days, I could sit there in the hotel room and don't have to go out and get a bunch of hookers and cocaine. I'll sit in the room and fucking hammer out some business or start a new business from scratch in a single day because I have that ability to be able to just block stuff out and focus and get shit done because that's a superpower I got from that. So I thank that I'm I'm appreciative of that stuff that taught me how to now flip it and and use it in a different direction as as a superpower.
0: Jesus Christ, man, that fucking the idea that, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how I don't, I don't understand it, how people can just do that to kids. I mean, now that I have my own and he's five, the idea of, I've been, I've been sitting on the floor with that kid playing Lego since he could could barely even sit up on his own his spine mm-hmm. wasn't even enough I just held him there and I was like we're gonna play lego together mm-hmm. I don't care if you can do it or not this is something we're doing the idea that somebody could just neglect a child like that and the worst part is that happens every goddamn day and it's so traumatic to see but you were able to take that and flip it on its head so how did you go from from being able to you know be this person that that was neglected and all of that what happened why were you in the court systems what did you do
1: Fights, robberies, weapons, stealing shit, selling shit, stuff like that.
0: So you you fucked up a lot.
1: Yeah, here and there.
0: That's okay. That's okay. You didn't harm anybody. So that's all that's fine. I mean, as long as you're not out there stabbing people in the throat, I feel like you're doing pretty okay in society at this point because the world. So, you know, the the things that happened to you as a child, you know, you were able to you had a mindset right from get, it sounds like, that you needed to be the guy. If you wanted to be anybody, you needed to rely on you. And that's what it seems like. And it's so rare to see people who have had that kind of trauma turn it into something so useful. So I, I'm, I'm stoked that the courts, number one, I, I know I'm sure it wasn't ideal for you at the time, but I'm really, I'm really grateful that they took you into that system and were able to give you an opportunity rather than put you in prison. So that to me, you know, you're a... You're a huge success in life just because of that. And because of those opportunities you were handed, I call them opportunities because I don't think you would change them if, if you had the chance. Um, it really made you this person that's helping to thrive and make our world better. And so as I'm, I, I would like to apologize on behalf because it's shitty, but at the same time, I kind of take half of that back because I'm like, it made you who the fuck you are. And it, you are a beast. And I think you should be known for that. When you kind of go in and out of your life right now and how you, and how you work and your family and all of these different things, how is that for you and your wife? And I talk about this because, and I want to know about this because a lot of our listeners are married, they're ex-military, you know, how much the divorce rate is SF community, 95%. Most people Mm -hmm. I deployed with, I was on deployment when they were like, yeah, my wife left yesterday. She took everything. Just everything. It's just all gone. Yeah. So how is it that you two, number one, met, but how is it that you two find this common bond and this, in this desire? Obviously trauma is a, you have a trauma bond, which is great um, because you're, you lean on each other for that. But how is it that you two really, really met and, and, and and grew together into this incredible relationship?
1: So I was in a a strip bar in Tijuana, Mexico. And
0: yes, this story just got awesome.
1: And she's sliding up and down the pole like a champ. And I was a poor tipper. I think I was so drunk, tipped her a French fry. And she still came home with me. And I said, you know what? This is a fucking keeper. So that's where it all started. You know, a, a fairy oh, tale. Damn. I tell that story to people and, and I don't tell them that that's not really the truth. And mm-hmm. there's, there's some people out there that hopefully don't, hopefully don't watch this because they still think like 10, 20 years later, they think that's really how we met. I never told them the truth, but that's always how I say. So whenever someone asks us how we met, like if we're at a dinner or something, She'll yeah. just start shaking her head because she knows that story's coming out. That's what I'm going to say. And she just lets me just do it. That's just my thing. So that's, All right. really it was in a gym. It was in a gym, of course, in a gym where I was yeah. working at. And you know, you're not supposed to screw the members or the clients or whatever the hell is supposed to happen, but we met in the gym, let's right? And, and now there's little, little monster kids out of that deal. So sometimes okay. things don't go, you know, you break the rules and, and things work out for you in, in the better for the best. But it, it comes down to, I think, With you start developing, you start learning and growing, you're motivated, you're hungry, you want to be successful, you want to make more money and and all this other stuff. You start getting coaches and and going to masterminds or whatever it is and, and reading more, meditating, journaling, you do all the things to start personally developing yourself and the problem is people start doing that and they don't take someone else along with them for the ride. So you're both, right. you meet here, right? You're here and you're just partying and having fun, doing whatever else. Then you decide, you know what? I'm gonna grow this business. I wanna build, make a bunch of fucking money. And you start reading and learning and getting coaches and guidance, going to workshops and this. Next thing you know, they're speaking English and you're speaking fucking Russian and you can't even have a conversation anymore. You're not on the same page anymore. After that slope becomes too steep, it's they mm-hmm. can't even get up there. And it's almost a, a point of no return at some point where they're just gonna keep sliding back down into that pit because you didn't take them along for the ride. So, right, it's and I have I've, I've you know guys through the project and coaching clients that we deal with this all the time and and I tell them it's it's not their fault that they're not this motivated on this personal development journey as you are. Mm-hmm. It's your fault mm-hmm. because you were here with them. You decided to go and do this and get better. That's your fucking responsibility to make that better to take them along for the ride. And that goes with right. for your kids that goes for your your coworkers, your employees, your team, if you run a business, same thing. You right. can't develop yourself and leave your employees as a bunch of fucking turds and then expect them to be these like motivated hard chargers when you didn't teach them, coach them, guide them, mentor them and take them along for the ride with you as you're trying to grow and develop. So I right. think that's what it is is taking along taking each other along for the ride on that on that journey and when that if that slope ever starts Getting a little too steep, it's it's a straightforward conversation. We have weekly family meetings and yearly recaps and, and quarterly meetings. And it's like, listen, you're, you're going to call each other out on your bullshit the same way you yep. would, if, especially if you're working together and in business together. Like I've straight up said before and-
0: I can see the smirk on your face. You're going to say something that you're not sure you should say. That's a will probably be
1: pissed of me saying it, but I've, we've had meetings where I said, listen, if we weren't married, I would have fucking fired you in the past, like at, at one point, like, like, and that's a wake up call you need. And, and that sometimes gets your shit together. Like you, I wouldn't accept this and this and this from an employee. So why would I accept it from you? That's if you're in business together and you're working together right. and you have you have a fucking business ability. you have employees that are, are relying on you. So
0: yeah,
1: things like that is holding each other accountable, but then being, it, having a strong enough of relationship and enough built up relationship and, and trust that you can say something like that. And in the biz- on the business side of things and it's not gonna affect the personal side of things. Like right. you have to se- separate those two. Like in our house, I'm in the, my home office right now. If we're downstairs and we start talking about money or work or business, it happens. We fall into the trap, but especially to the kids yeah. around, we cut it. Like, all right, we're either gonna schedule a time to talk about this or we're gonna go up in the office and close the door and talk about this because we're right. now... We have different regions of the house that are for different things. There's an area for meditating. The workout area is just for working out. The home office is for fucking work. Work doesn't happen anywhere else except in the office. So each area has its own state, mental state you're going to be in, emotional state you're going to be in. We're not going to sit in the living room where we're supposed to be playing board games as a family or watching a movie as a family and sitting there arguing or talking about money or business or whatever else it is, Mm -hmm. profits or whatever. Kids don't need to hear that shit. And if it's something we want right. them to hear, we'll bring them into the office and we'll let them hear about it. If it's like some, a lesson they can learn. Right. So we're not letting those areas bleed into each other, breaking up different segments of the house, breaking up the schedule. When like the end of work day, I have a thing called the EWD. It's end work day. And it's just like people have their morning ritual. I have my EWD, EWD ritual where, all right, work is now done. At this point, I'm not touching a phone, not touching a computer. It's, I know it's family time. It's, we're doing this with the kids. We're going here. And the only time the kids are allowed to curse is if they know it's family time or kids time. And, and it's you're work, up. Work has ended already. And it's already been past the end of work day. And they see me p- uh, fucking around on my phone or doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. They're allowed to say, daddy, put that shit down. And they, yes. they they look for those moments. They're like, did you just touch your phone? I'm like, no, I was just checking the time. Because <laughs> they want to say it so bad.
0: Yep. But they have so much respect for you guys that they honor that. And I think that's so huge because you got to remember your kids are younger. They're not. I mean, your son's 10 for sure. Your son, your daughter's seven, you said. Yes. Yeah. They're still, you know, they still, they're in that age where they, they test the boundaries. They push the line and to, and to see them hold themselves accountable to those rules. And, but also not be afraid to be like, Hey dad your shit's wrong. Go put it back. Like that shows me right there. You've given those kids such free thinking and independent thoughts from such an early age that you're going to have no issue with these kids. They're going to be such fucking incredible leaders. And I, Oh God, I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Like it's one of those things, man, it's possible still in this day and age. And that's a rarity.
1: Yeah. Those little freak shows, they'll call me out of my shit like that. They'll look for it. They'll mine. They'll search for it. And it's good. I need that. Someone, someone that's not afraid to like lock it up and be like, listen, you're fucking up. Get your shit together. Like well, your dad. Area, you're like, like not, you're,
0: you're not Steve Eckert. You're dad. Yep. And, and they and, will and, and don't fuck that up. up.
1: They'll let you know it. They'll let you mm-hmm. know. It. And they're that's that's the greatest accountability partners. They were straightforward, they will just let you know. And it's like perfect. I love it. Keeps you in line, keeps you disciplined.
0: God damn it. That's so fantastic to me. I, I honestly, I I can't stop talking about it because I'm just I'm I'm going through it right now. And I am so terrified of them being influenced now that they're going to be out of my hands, right? It's this, it's this idea that they're going to break my perfect fucking driven, awesome, independent thought little man. And I just, it just, it, to see you do it, 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 it's, it gives me such hope. Truthfully, not, I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm serious because it's a, it's a real fear of mine, right? When you have kids. So I want to I touch base a little bit here before we jump off with you. I want to kind of know what's going on. I want to know what you got coming up. I want to know how people contact you. And I want to know how people can help drive your mission forward with the project and, and your entrepreneur work and, and how we can promote that and and kind of bring it out. So hit me with it.
1: Yeah. So obviously the project is what we talked about already. That's held here in Southern California. That's in-person four-day event for men that are looking to kill their inner bitches and unleash the beast that's inside them as a man that they're meant to fucking be and not be soft and weak anymore and become an even better husband, father, leader, and man, masculine man, which is allowed. It shouldn't be fucking frowned upon nowadays. It shouldn't be illegal to be a man. Pretty soon it's going to be illegal to be a man. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what the project is. And we do that about every two or three months. It's, it's a, a life-changing experience for these men and it's a lifelong experience. It doesn't just end there. It's not just a, as long, it's not just a four-day program. It's literally a lifelong thing. We have constant connections with those men. So that's the huge thing that we're working on right now and that we're looking to just do that for forever. In addition to that, we also have the LTD, which is leadership and team development, which Ray and I do together, where we travel around the country to companies' offices and their teams and teach them leadership, teamwork, problem solving, communication, taking uh, lessons from the military, lessons from the entrepreneur world and instilling that into their team members in an actual company or corporation who are not entrepreneurs because their team usually is not. It's all their workers and staff that we want to help them think with a military like mind and leadership and communication like the Marines and the Navy SEALs. Have them think like an entrepreneur and treating the business as if it's, as if it's their own. Because it is. Every job is a fucking commission job. You don't do your right. job, you're not going to get paid. You do your job better, right. you're going to get paid more. Every job you're running is your own business. So no matter what your job is, you are still, in my way, somewhat of a business owner. So we go around the, the country and, and coach teams on that. That's the LTD. In addition to that, I, I do online private coaching, one-on-one, peak performance accountability coaching. It's called Operate to Dominate. It's to help you in your discipline, with your energy, with your confidence, being an action taker and just being your freak self. And that's in a one-on-one basis with a lot of business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and that's all done online, online, really daily coaching online with that in a one-on-one basis on the higher end. And from there, we also have the Squire program, which is an offspring of the project, which is for fathers and sons to teach their sons how to become a fucking man because we don't we've lost that art. It's become, we've lost it. It should be just common sense, but it's kind of a rite of passage for teenage boys from like 12 to 16 on what's going to be expected of them as a man. So the fathers and sons come in, they come for a full day with us. The next one's coming up here in July. It's uh, about a 14 hour program. And it's an awesome experience for the father and son to bond. We also break them up at certain points in the day to talk to the fathers a little differently, talk to the sons a little differently. And it's all the same project instructors. So it's that same effect of the project, just really for the young men to turn them into, you know, my, that's why it's a squire. The squire was the Knights apprentice pretty much. So that's, that's the squire program. And that's what we, what we have going on and what we're look where we're just going to continue growing and exploding and, and taking over the fucking world.
0: God damn it. I love that so much. I can't even, I don't think I can end that better. I want to take over the fucking world. I want to see you guys take over the world because I think it's only going to get better with people like you in it. Can you give everybody your social handles?
1: Steve sure, dot steve.eckert1 is Instagram. That's always the best way. That's steve.eckert and the number one on Instagram. And I you, you use that regularly all the time when I'm working, okay. not on family time or kids time because the kids will lock that shit up real quick. But Good. yeah, it's the best way to reach me and best way to see the most real authentic content that, that we put out there.
0: Yeah. And it's impressive. Your content is impressive. It's useful. And it's, it's not just pictures of your family. You, you, you put in, you put in tips and your comments and in, you answer people and you're responsive and that, that makes the difference, man. It does. Cause it's knowing that people know they can reach out to you and you're there and that's, and that's what matters. Right. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show this week. And you're always welcome back. Anything we can do to help spread your message. We are always here for it. We're here for you. We love your fucking project. We love the guys you're associated with and that you're working with and, and the mission that you are doing. So, thank you so much Steve for coming on this week's episode and we'll post everything where you guys can find Steve later on and we'll see you all next week